everybody, Dave and Jeff, here we are. We are back. It is June 29th, 2021. I got to tell you, this feels uh, good to be back here. Yes. I feel like I'm in fourth grade when they put those fucking headphones on you. <laughs> and they were like, raise your right hand if you hear this. Do you hear that? I, I don't know. I can't hear shit over here. We got I'm having people. a hard time. Look, everything sounds great because we have new microphones. All right, all right. That makes me happy. Problem is Jeff and I cannot hear ourselves. Which is that what you're having a hard time with? You are like, we wish we had yeah. your problems. <laughs> How do we do that? <laughs> save your comments. Yeah, save it. Listen, let me just tell you from the get-go. This is you know what? Tonight this isn't even directed at you. Okay. For once. I'll give uh, you a break. Thanks. I cannot believe how many people in this town, honestly, are so goddamn stupid <laughs> that they continue to take the bait day in and day out that you throw out there. You have to feel like you're Willy Wonka. These are the <laughs> dumbest people in the history of mankind. And I just sit there and I'm like, and then all of a sudden, yesterday, what made me sick was the Dave Palais love it. Hey, listen, guys. Could guys, Pete, come Pete on. Point Loma try to save me? That's all this stupid shit. I'm like, did you see this dumb fuck celebrating Josh Naylor go Joe Theismann the other day? 100% was not celebrating. Oh, really? Well, yeah, let me explain. He came up from the Marlins organization. That's fine. Okay? Okay. He, so why is it? What I said the other day, we'll make it clear. Okay? Let me hear this. So here I am. I'm in Arizona for the last fucking eight days. All Should right? have been eight more. It's fucking hot as hell. It's Death Valley for Christ's sakes. All right. And you guys keep going after me. I'm not even fucking there, you dicks. <laughs> I'm outside in the fucking sun coaching three games a day. It's miserable. <laughs> I'm hot. So, yeah. It's not like I'm ignoring anybody. I'm fucking busy. And then people, where the fuck are you yesterday? I was fucking driving all day, you dicks. So anyway, I'm sitting there and I look at the Josh Naylor video. It's terrible. The guy breaks yeah. his leg and flops around like a fish out of water. And I'm like, well, that's weird because Tommy Pham had the same situation with the Padres earlier in the year at Wrigley Field terrible mm -hmm. but that's one of those things and i know your kids they play baseball when they're young they teach you what happens and how you call for a ball so that right. kind of thing doesn't happen it's very common on one of the first things you learn when you're catching a fly ball and you're going out for a ball you don't want the kids running into each other you don't want adults especially you can run fast as hell running into each other so when it happened yeah i didn't break josh naylor's leg okay i didn't celebrate it mm. i said mm. of course taking a shot at padre fans hey i wonder where you learned this because it, it, with the well, the Padres seemed to do it too. So it was a quick quip, and it was a one hundred percent truthful. Nothing I said was made up. It was just to get under your skin. That's what I fucking try and do. You guys lost your fucking mind. We didn't like it. You didn't. And it's here's the funny thing: is Jeff and I have talked about this on the show. As soon as somebody stops wearing a Padre uniform, nobody turns on their former players like the fucking Padre fans. Right? Naylor, Naylor seems to be. Immune to that, though. It feels like there are a lot of people that still love Naylor. They love Framil Reyes. Yeah. Okay. He's one for sure. They love they love the Franimal. And Naylor, I haven't heard Naylor's name mentioned one time until I fucking put out this tweet that set the whole guiding city on fire. And then people went after me. Okay. Good. And they went fucking nuts. Good. And I sat there and I dealt with it. And I played back and forth. And, and it was, the reaction was crazy. Not what I expected, by the way. I didn't expect that reaction. You upset Roy, who's been to like four of our events, which you probably forget. Sorry, Roy. <laughs> Fuck You're off, not. Roy. I'm not. I'm not sorry Roy's at all, great. Roy. I guess we won't see it the fifth. 
Okay. He'll be there. Go talk to Jeff. He's better okay, than that's you. Fine. He'll be there. You could be Team Jeff. I don't need it. Whatever. So here's the funny thing. I'll let you, everyone in a little bit of a secret. Jeff usually lets me just be. He doesn't fucking say anything. And then I'll see him like we do a show and you'll say, Jesus Christ <laughs> to me. Woods will say something. Cost will uh. say something. It, it's really quick. But here's the best. I can't tell you how many people in the media write to me and go, dude, this entire fucking town gets so upset by you. And they go, I can't comment, but I laugh my ass off. And I'm talking about almost everybody that writes for the UT, does it? Well, I said this to somebody that remained unnamed, yeah. Steve Woods. <laughs> I said, you're the most polarizing guy in San Diego. Nobody in this town gives a fuck what Coach is doing, what Junior's doing, what Ello's doing, what Darren's doing, what fucking uh, Rich Ornberg and John Schaefer even in town anymore? Exactly. Is Steve Hartman and whoever was doing that? Fletch is a nice kid. Nobody gives a shit. The only people that get attention are Woods, who apparently I found out over the weekend has 30 burner accounts. I read this whole thread that was very fascinating that Steve and Ben apparently have 30 burner accounts and they sit there all weekend to just talk to each other. They They... <laughs> They go, hey, God damn, this Ben and Woods show is really good. And then they change phones. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Put, put that phone down. Bo, give me that flip phone. <laughs> I mean it. You're great. Please stop. We're just trying to do the job. Well, you're doing it at a high level. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know this. I know those guys pretty well. Uh, but that, that, is, that is hilarious. That's that is, what the claim. Did you know that claim? I, I didn't know that. There are people that are claiming that any praise found on Ben and Woods on Twitter. Is both of them. Yeah, is done by themselves. I could see Paul staying away from that. He's better than that. Paul's better than that. I don't like that somebody the other day on social media said, the thing that I like today on Vanilla and Woods, I go, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Personal. <laughs> You fucker, dude. Now that's going to be stuck in my head every time I hear them say anything about their show. Hi, it's Woodsy. Coming up tomorrow on Vanilla and Woods. <laughs> uh, Jesse Agler. We're going to get him to say Rhino on there. We're going to get him to say Alley Cat. <laughs> and ben Reed's Country. By tomorrow. the way, I tell you what. I swear to God, it's one of those games, and I know a lot of people across the country do it. You're the first guy, by the way, that I can remember doing that. We used to do this bit. It was your idea to do it. Yeah, where with we, uh, uh, Jenny Kavner. Kavner, who's now with the Rockies. Jeff used to do it every time she would come on, and we'd do it every week. Yeah. And he's here across the country, not saying Wood stole it. He wasn't oh, fucking God. living here when we fucking did it. But what I'm saying is, you were the first guy I knew who did that bit. Yeah, we just did it because we just wanted, and I'm sure uh, uh, Steve and Vanilla feel the same yeah. way. Yeah, well, guess what, Steve? Jeff got her to say chlamydia on there once. Good luck with Jesse doing it. Fucker. So, Woods and I on Twitter are yeah. couldn't be more opposite, right? I mean... Dub. <laughs> Dub. Greatest. Uh, All this shit. Uh, listen, can I ask you one thing yes. about him? Yes. Did I, I couldn't be more excited... That Tommy Pham is coming back. Oh, my God. It. He's like the hottest player in baseball. Dude, outside of Schwarber, Otani, and then Pham. Right. Holy fuck. We go, that is really cool. I, 
he's quoted in an article the other day, and he is talking about, hey, I got to get my numbers up and all that. You go, all right, that's cool. It fucking went back to the contract. And and I, I just, it shocks me at the ease with how everybody skips over that. I have no idea if he's in their plans for next year or not. No idea at all. Man, you go watch him play. It's fun. I loved watching him. I went out there Saturday night. But holy fuck. This yeah. town treats him like he's Joe DiMaggio. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying he's Mendoza. I'm yeah. not saying he's a scrub. I'm really glad he's there. We've said all the time, hey, man, we hope he bounces back. He's a member of the Padres. But there is a part of that where you look at it and you go, yeah, it circles back to the contract. And maybe we look at it, Dave, and you go, well, fuck, at least he's candid enough to say it. Yeah. There's probably a lot of guys in baseball that think it. I'm sure a lot do, right? I'm sure a lot of guys in pro sports absolutely do. Yeah, but that whole... But it gets old. For me, it's always been an old deal. When you know, I don't know. I don't think fans want to hear a guy talk money. Well, I'll say this. You have not been a Machado guy. No. To me, when, there are two things that I like with Machado. Okay. Um, I like... I mean, watching Machado make plays from right field where he throws guys out at first, I love that yeah. play, right? Yeah, I like, I tell you, my favorite thing about Machado, the way he throws every ball. Every yeah. ball is a perfect throw, whether yeah. it's a second base or first base. Great article in the UT last week, and uh, they talked to Gary D. Sarcina, uh-huh. who 12 years in the bigs is a shortstop. And if you missed the article, D. Sarcina said, man, I forgot how good he is. I forgot how easy he makes it look. And that whole deal. But the thing to me that I like about Machado is Machado is clearly a leader on that team. And I look at how he's embraced Kim. Yes. And Hassan Kim. And, dude, they have made that kid into a rock star on that team. Yeah. And that guy is dancing up a storm and doing everything else. And Machado and Tatis and the rest of those guys – and look, if that's on Tommy Pham's personality, he doesn't have to fake it. But there's a part of me where you watch it and you go, dude, it's kind of weird. It feels like it's, I don't know, 23 guys and, and two guys. Yeah. And when you go out and you take Kim and you embrace him and you're doing everything that you do, you go, all right. Again, it's not, it's just, to me, it's a little different. When you watch Pham and you go, I don't know, the guy never dealt with him. He might be the most intense Padres got to win this division guy of all time. Tony Gwynn, Mr. Padre, refused to go out and celebrate with the champagne when they beat the Astros because he said that's not the ultimate goal. Yeah. Did anybody question Tony's loyalty to that team? Fuck no. Nobody would. So I'm not going to question Tommy Pham's loyalty, but it is just a little different with this team. And when you go out, Dave, I was at Petco Park on Saturday night, and there's so much of the highlights show this team coming together, whether it's Cronenworth or Kim, yeah. Machado, Tatis, Hosmer, uh, Melanson. And, yeah, you just kind of feel like Fam's going out, producing, doing his thing. But it almost strikes you sometimes like he might be a guy on an island. It's interesting, as we, we've talked about on the show for a couple months, though. Actually, I think more than a year, we talked about the money thing. And I thought it was very strange were his comments about winning the lawsuit against Pacers. Right. And when he's, I mean, it's one of those, I, hell look, I'm not his advisor, you know, whatever, do anything your own way, but to sit there and brag that you do want a huge lawsuit against a strip club where you got stabbed in the back, I'm sure the Padres would rather you didn't have a hole in your back. 
is just like, hey, why don't you just keep it and say, hey, it's over with. They settled out of court. Boom. Not I got every damn dime coming to me. And I mean, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? You got stabbed in the back being an establishment that a lot of Padre fans don't approve of. Just move on. You you won. Yeah. Why do you got to make everything public when it comes to money? It was uh, very, very, very strange to me. It, it, it definitely, I mean, right? It didn't get out of the gate the way he wanted it to. Whether it was last year with COVID and everything else and then having it this year. He's just, uh, he's an interesting guy. Like I said, I, I love, man, watching him play on Saturday night. Yeah. I found myself watching him a lot. Like, dude, this guy's really good. Like on the bases, running around. Because, of course, you go out and you're watching Tatis and Machado and Cronenworth and, and the rest of those guys. But it was kind of fun. And you go, shit, man, this looks like the Tommy fam that we remember, uh, whether he was a member of the Cardinals or a member of the Rays. Again, I don't know what his long-term future is here because you have to figure going into free agency, he's going to want to get a big-time contract. And while Myers and Hosmer deals is about to change, uh, Tatis is about to become a $30 million guy. And you still have Snell and Darvish on the books. Assuming Clevenger comes back, I would think he's going to be in your plans. It's not like you have a bunch of outfielders lined up. But I just, uh, I don't know. He just kind of doesn't seem to be the fit that the rest of these guys seem to be. You know what? I agree with you on that. I do. I agree. And it's not because of his age. He's 32 now. Obviously, you're talking about giving a guy a bigger deal at 33. And how many years does that mean? I mean, I imagine he's going to ask for a minimum of four years, right? He's probably going to ask for seven. And then you can say, we'll settle for four. But when you look at it, you go, you have Robert Hassel, right? Who everybody loves coming up in the future. You got CJ Abrams. I mean, you have guys that you like in that minor league system that that you're going, these guys are a future. And hopefully they're here quicker than four years. Don't you think he's looking for at least four years, uh, $72 million? Yeah, I think Which that's would a be good, four years, $18 million a year? I think that's a good number. Yeah, especially when you look at what Myers gets, and Myers isn't playing yeah. well. He hasn't played up to his contract. Right. He might think he's 4 and 80, and the way baseball yeah. economics go, maybe he is. I just don't know that he's that guy here. No, I don't think he, I don't think, to be honest, I don't think he's that guy anywhere. I just don't. Not for a guy who's 33 years old. You're supposed hey, to what? be past your prime after 32. Dave, uh, I watched the Twins. The Twins are so fucking bad. To me, to me, if I'm the Twins, I chase Fam in the offseason. Because Fam for that team, and I don't know, there might be others that you watch. Man, that Twins team looks like they play every game with the head up their ass. And I think if you bring... Uh, Why do you think that is? I'm curious. The Twins are one of those teams... That Boy. whether you're a Twins fan or not, I always enjoy watching the Twins. Like I, I watch four games a day, and the Twins are one of those games that teams I seek out to watch. Yeah, because I like teams that can score runs. Right. And the but last few years, they've been the last year especially were extremely exciting to watch. Twins to me strike me as a team that is celebrating a World Series win that they've never had because a lot of teams on paper or a lot of people on paper always pick them to go far. Maybe not win the series, right? Well, but, yeah. But, I mean, wouldn't you say the Twins and Braves are the two most disappointing teams so far? Oh, yeah. Now, um, yeah. For me, a guy with that intensity, I, I think, would be huge for a team like the Twins because you hold guys accountable. You hold Sano accountable. You hold, I mean, Buxton's biggest issue is trying to stay healthy, but guys on that pitching staff, man, there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. I just, uh, when I look at him here, I don't know that he's the fit here. Could be. 
Um, I uh, listen when all those guys say, Dave, that one of the main reasons that you see them take more pitches than probably any Padres team in the last 15 years, a lot of guys give credit to him for that. That yeah. he's that he's in your ear if you're chasing pitches, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I think that's kind of cool. It's uh, it, it's very interesting. So, as I said, for the last you know eight days, I haven't been had a chance to pay attention to Padre baseball as much. Especially, it was weird when the Diamondbacks played the Padres. I didn't get any of the games in Arizona. Really? Is that strange? Yeah. The things I got were obviously Suns basketball, which was national, and I got that local soccer team that's in the same league that the fucking Loyals in. But I didn't get any Diamondback games, at least not from my hotel room. You know what I mean? It wasn't like here you catch every Padre game. That's funny. I wonder local hotels, how many local hotels. I mean, you would think they all have local cable, right? Right. That's what you would think. But so as I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm trying to pay attention to the Padres through, you know, the ESPN app. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm looking through and and, uh, it blocked me out of of, of the MLB app. They wouldn't let me do it because I'm from San Diego. Yeah. Anyway, um. For me, what I was trying to find was, you know, obviously what the team is doing, and I was aware of the wins and losses and everything, but am I wrong when it looks like that Profar has fallen out of favor with the team right now? Oh, like yeah. He's not getting playing time? Big time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, can't I, hit. Yeah, well, he can't. I mean, you're paying him $7 million a year, and he can't hit, right? Yeah, he can't hit. And not saying the money deal. The thing was, the the point was, could you have gone for someone else for $7 million? We know that... that um AJ has loved Profar forever. Mm. He's always been a fan. And Profar's and, that and he's kid. he's his guy. Yeah. And we've seen Profar since he was 12 years old in right. the Little League World Series. I mean, he's, and they have the two brothers and all that yeah. stuff. Everyone's known. He just hasn't been the player I think Major League Baseball thought he was going to be either. Number uh, one prospect for yeah, years, right? exactly right. So it, it, it's interesting. Talking about the, the Padres, I'm driving back yesterday it's a five and a half hour drive, and I click on the app for 97.3. Okay. And it was to flip on and listen to Coach. Coach has the week off, and I guess they're letting Braden host. Okay. Okay. Braden said something I thought was kind of interesting. I wanted to run it by you. I know you probably didn't hear it. He said the Padre minor league system has been overhyped for years. And he goes, My reasoning for saying it is when the AJ makes a trade and trades these guys away out of the minor league system, they don't become stars. Like they were hyped up to be the number one minor league system forever. When you trade your big prospects away, you think they become what we thought they were going to be if they wore Padre uniforms. And I was saying, you know what? Is he right or is he wrong? And I said, I was, I'm going to ask Jeff that question tomorrow. I think it, I, I don't disagree with what he said, but I think, Dave, that's the case for a lot of teams. Like I, I would say, let's go to the Angels. Joe Adele. Has yeah. been hyped to be an insanely good player for years, and Joe Adele can't get it figured out. Now, uh, I, I mean, I think there's there have been other guys too that have come up, uh, right? I just think it's magnified here because we watch all those guys. Right. Is there a guy that has left the Padres that was hyped up as a minor leaguer that is killing it with someone else? You go fuck if I could have that guy back. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Trey Turner. Yeah, but yeah, again, Trey was here two months. No, yeah, but he was he was a guy. He was the guy. I mean, Luke Casey, Lauer, Renfro. No. Urias. Urias. No. Uh, I mean, I guess, uh, 
what I just saw Taylor Trammell's hitting pretty well, but I he think had, he's he had two home runs in one game. He was struggling for a long time. He had yeah. six for a long time, and he had two the other day that gave him eight. There was I think, on there Sunday. was a thing the other day somewhere I saw that was talking about uh, Ty France and a few of those guys. Yeah. They go look, man, I love Ty France. What a great story. Fuck, he didn't have a role here. No, Ty was uh, uh, basically a fan favorite because he was a San Diego State guy too. Sure, but Garcia com- was a what Valhalla guy. So yeah, people wanted to see it work for him. But Ty probably is third or second. He's not as short. You're not going to put him in the outfield. No. And I'm taking Cronenworth over France. Yes. But if I'm Seattle, I'm stoked having him, right? I got those guys for Austin Nola. Like, I make that trade tomorrow again if I'm Seattle. And I think Altavella or whoever else was in that deal. Still, I go do it. But that's where, in my opinion, here, you had an abundance of those guys. You had it. The problem is, Dave, like what I look at is there. there's just decisions that have been made on this team that you look and you go, okay, Kim got four years and $28 million. Yeah. What are we thinking his role is going to be over the next three and a half years? Like where does he go? Like well, where, what's mean, his, does he have a position? Yeah, I mean, Does I he guess replace Fam in left field? Uh, or does he play second? Cronenworth goes to left? I, I don't know. I mean, do you See, find think, a way for him to be Kim, an everyday Kim, player? Don't you think Kim came here thinking he's going to be an everyday player? He didn't sign up to to be a bench player in the United States? Well, if Kim becomes your everyday second baseman, again, I get it. It's a different league, but he's a gold glove infielder from where he came from. Yeah, in baseball, though, you're paying for offense now more than defense. KBO, I got it, but I'm just saying, he's a gold glover. And if Cronenworth goes to left, I mean... Yeah, I could live with Cronenworth and left. I just wonder, like Kim, where you, where you go. I know offensively he picked up. He had a pretty good June, right? But that's the one I look at. I don't know, man. I just I look at the money to Profar, right? I look at the money to Kim, and you just go, wow, right? Yeah. But then there's other moves that, that AJ's made. Dude, Caratini, you goddamn stole Caratini. And I get your throwing. He's the guy with Darvish. Darvish, I remember laughing at. God damn, Dave, I, I have a better appreciation for Darvish now than I probably ever have in his career. Yeah. Snell, to me, I don't know how you explain Snell, but to me, I love that deal at how the time you, when he made it. If you're Snell, I, I was trying to explain this to my son today about Ed Whitson. Remember Ed Whitson went yep. to the Yankees and he couldn't pitch at home and they only pitched him on the road? Yeah. And then you look at Snell, whose ERA is over 10 on the road, but one at home. Like, it's wow. so bizarre. Weird. I've never seen anything like that in my life for that big of a difference. Like when he got sick tonight before the game and he couldn't yeah. pitch, I think every Padre fan was like, thank God, we have a chance. Dude, I had somebody say to me tonight when he got sick, good, maybe it means he's going to the minors. No, he's not going to the fucking minors. No, I know, but my point being, <laughs> like, I, there are plenty of things any of you can look back at and go, yep, that's when I knew you were a dumb shit. That was the day. And I was like, this guy's an idiot. But it might be even more so tonight. Or I, I have not jumped off his bandwagon uh, nearly as fast as others have. The God, there are, and I've watched him. I've been as frustrated. I yeah. get the whole thing. I don't know why, Dave. I, maybe it's just, maybe you look at it and you go, fuck, man. Um, maybe those of us that are like, yeah, we're still in on him. Maybe we're Charlie Brown, right? And we keep getting fucked on that deal. But I don't know why. 
I, uh, but I'm not saying, like you and I laughed about it uh, the other day. We go, God, it's kind of sad that we wondered who was going to be the ace on this team, right? Yeah. I mean, Paddock still hangs us out to dry. Uh, Mackenzie Gore can't figure it out. No. Now you're talking that they may trade Ryan Weathers, right? And you go, holy cow. Like, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know how this team can be as bad as they've been sometimes. And there's other times where you go, I don't know how they're so good. The Ryan Weathers situation is so strange. I mean, a lot of people think there's something that happened. And I'm speculating, okay, this is the rumors that you're hearing, that something happened behind the scenes that, that it was a behavior thing with Ryan Weathers. It doesn't make any sense to anyone who looks at his numbers, especially a guy who dominates a team like the Dodgers, yeah. that you go, they're going to trade a kid that's 21 years old. And the rumor is he's the trade piece. Yeah. Now, if you look at his ERA, it's 247. Okay, you go, 247 is pretty good. Darvish is 244. Yeah. So you have two guys that dominate the team that you're most concerned about in the division, which is the Dodgers. Ryan Weathers yeah. and Darvish own those guys. Then you have Musgrove, who's doing great at 2-2-2, okay? Right. And their question marks with, with Snell, unless he pitches at home, or, or and Paddock, as you said. So you need four starters, basically, in the postseason, is what you want. So it seems very strange that Ryan Weathers at 21, who's a lefty, mm-hmm. that you would think about saying goodbye to. Unless you're getting somebody back, God damn. That's that 21. One, he's 21. Yeah. And a stud. And he had, I mean, he's done nothing to disappoint. So it doesn't seem to make any fucking that, sense. Going back to what you said a few minutes ago when you said, who's the guy that went away? I talked about Trey Turner, right? Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if Xavier Edwards in a couple of years is playing at a high level for Tampa, there'll be some douche on Twitter. <laughs> I told you, you know, when I watched X-Man play, I flew down to Fort Wayne and watched him, camped out, got to see Dan Williams there. We had a great time. And I knew X-Man was a difference maker. Hey, I'll tell you this, Dave. Xavier Edwards could play for me any day. The kid's tough. He's gritty. He's, a, uh, he's what we used to call at USIU a gym rat. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to fucking hear it. Okay, well, he's gone. If he goes on and plays well, a fucking show. Uh, if he goes on and plays well, all right, whatever. Got to pay the right. You can dance. You got to pay the band, man. So they fucking did. But I just, Dave, I look at this team. I go, shit. This team seems to get like it's held together by. Spit and scotch tape. Yeah, everyone, right? You're looking at this team and you're excited of where they are so far to start the season and where they were last year. And I mean, as you said, going to Petco Park the other night's insane. My kid, I think, went to every game on the homestand. Like so fun. He, he just, it, again, he, and he told me before the season began, man, I just don't love baseball the way I used to. He goes, I love the NFL. I love college football. I love basketball. But every day he's into it as much as you and I are into it. It's and a- I said to him today, I love the fact that you love baseball again. And it goes, the Padres have made me love baseball yeah. again. Great picture tonight on social media. Credit to whoever posted it. And it's somebody who's there, and she's sending pictures of kids in Cincinnati in Tatis Jr. Yeah. jerseys. And, yeah. and it's the alternate that we all thought was going to be shit. Yeah. And kids are buying it. Dave, I went out there uh, Saturday. Now, I have a huge complaint okay. about the pods, and then the rest, it's cool. 
so I took my kids and their mom out to the game. And it was giveaway night, fleece blanket night, right? Okay. They fucking run out of giveaways. They I don't did? get it. How do you How run do you, out of giveaways? Because uh, you're the pods. You'll always be the pods. You knew it was going to be a sellout. It was Saturday night? Yeah. So you know it's going to be a sellout. Well, I'll tell you this. This is what I would do immediately. Did they give you a, a voucher? Nope. Son of a bitches. This Larry Lucchino would have let that happen. This is what I would do if I'm Eric Gruppner. This should go into effect tomorrow. Come on out. You want to bring your baby stroller and hang out in Gallagher Square, the old park at the park, and get in for 10 bucks. You can. No fucking giveaway for you. No giveaway. Yeah. How do I pay 60 a ticket and we get shut out, but people paying $8 a ticket don't? Exactly right. Uh, Gallagher Square, you get cut off. Fuck it. And I saw other people say the same thing. Um, where I got lucky was I went on Twitter and I said, I have a Dave and Jeff show gift pack, plus the opportunity to knee Palais in the nuts for anybody who can help me out. Hook my son up. And goddamn, if Eric, miserable Padre fan, and his amazing wife didn't fire me a message immediately say, hey, we got you covered. And cool. it was so cool. And I thanked him so much. And a bunch of you were incredibly nice. But that doesn't change the fact I'm lucky enough that I got a bunch of your fr friends and you guys kind of know who Jack and Kate are and you were nice enough to hook us up. We'll be smarter in a couple of weeks for a 540 game. We'll get there at about one o'clock. <laughs> but I'm sorry, if you're going out to Gallagher Square, you should be the ones getting the voucher going, hey, you know what? If there's shit left over, yeah, uh, we'll do a raffle and you can get one. But the idea, I guarantee all those fuckers out there paying $9 a ticket, you shouldn't get shit. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you shouldn't get shit. Not above anybody. And Dave, there were people paid a fucking lot more than I paid to get in. Yeah. I mean, it. listen, it's changed. You go to park, remember where we worked uh, down at 10th and Broadway at the yeah. old 800 building? Dude, we used to pull into that lot. It was like 12 bucks, 25 bucks now on a Saturday night. All the way up there? Yeah. Wow. And, and listen, man, ticket prices have gone up too. Yeah. But it, we're paying more everywhere. You go to the gas, right? Tax going in. Everybody's kicking in. Dude, gas in Arizona was $3. That's even crazy that it was 3 bucks in Arizona. Yeah. Like, usually it's like $2.50. Um, but, but I'm sorry. I said to my kids, I go, listen, we go to three or four games this year, but it's the opportunity to watch Tatis and Machado and Darvish and Musgrove and Fam and, yeah. and the rest of these guys. That's it. If you want to pay eight bucks, that's fine. We'll go back to getting fucking Kristen Norphy out here. <laughs> Alexia Marista? Hey. That guy, Dave, his heart was as tall as him. <laughs> you remind me a little bit of Chris Dudley. <laughs> From Tory Pines? Yeah. He wore the Cardinal in gold. Big. Lanky. Oh, my God. Coach's dream. Hey, you know what I called him? Lights out. Because every night I have to tell him, Duds, when you leave, turn the lights out. <laughs> Duds, what you called him? <laughs> and he'd always look and go, who are you? I thought that was always funny. Not sure if he meant it. I thought he knew who I was. <laughs> God damn, I thought he knew who I was. Oh, my God, dude. That is so fucking funny. What would it take to make Coach cry on the air? 
I don't know. Tell him he's his. Tell him that he shouldn't be called coach because he never coached shit. I don't know. You son of a bitch. No, I mean like a like a happy cry. Oh, if you and I kicked in, if you and I, I think come, if you tell coach that if they ever decide to get rid of Tingler, you should be first on the list. Or or I think AJ. he already thinks that. Yeah. Oh, I know. Him and Randy Jones. Yeah, Randy be the pitching be his coach. pitching coach. What if we got Ernie a twenty five dollar gift card? To Foster's Freeze, right? So he could take his kids for root beer floats. And if what if Ernie called in and said, Coach, it's Ernie. 33 years I've spent in this game, but I have to say, Coach, the guy who impacted me and wanted me to be great every day was you. Would he cry? Well, thanks, Ernie. You know, I don't think he would. No, he wouldn't. What movie made Coach cry? Oh, that's a good one. Steel Magnolias? <laughs> Million Dollar Arm. Like a little kid. That and for the love of the game. For the love of the game. I tell you what, when Steve Lyons is recapping what his career looked like, what? (laughs) Steve Lyons. Good broadcaster. Better guy. Better guy. Oh, my God, dude. What team is Steve Lyons with? Is he with He's not with that one team? Nope. Holy shit. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I just... uh, Look, man, it's exciting, and and I want to know what they're going to do. I appreciate somebody who said I have zero, zero memory, but when I was in here last time we were here, and I told you it's the best night ever to be a Padre fan because yeah. they either got to figure it out. Fuck, they went on an eight-game win streak. They sure did. It, really incredible. Really, really something else. And it's funny, when the Dodgers and the Padres have played each other in the past, the Dodgers usually go... No kidding, right in the hole. Like, it's like mm-hmm. I, they have nothing left in the tank after the Padres, and the Padres have owned them this year. And the the Dodgers lost the first game after they played the Pods, and then mm-hmm. they, they, they've won, no, I think got four. Got no hit. Got no hit, yeah. And then I think they've won four straight since, and the Padres are, are doing what you're supposed to do. I understand you lost that one of the Diamondbacks. Fucking, when you lost it, you lost it big time. Was that the game you were yeah. at? Oh, my God. You were at the one where they got the shit kicked out of them? Yeah. God, oh, that sucks. We stayed to the end, too, because my son Jack was... It's perfect that it was fleece blanket night. You guys got fleeced. Jack told me the whole time, Dad, this is going to be the greatest comeback in Padre history. And I was like, yeah, he's so much... That's a great thing, Dave, is my son Jack has Padre fever at that age, yeah. 13, right about when I got in. And we sat out there, and we goddamn laughed our ass off, Dave. My son, Cade, and Jack... Uh, the three of us, their mom bailed about the fifth. She's Did like, she? oh, yeah, she's like, I'm out of here. here. I'm getting the fuck Dude, out of here. What's the deal with her wearing the blue hat? Come on. You can't say you're a Padre her. fan now and wear blue. You got to go with the brown. It bothers me when I see people wear the blue. I told her. And she had a brown hat like Jack had at the house. Zero effort put in. Zero effort Vita. And uh, <laughs> uh, so we had a great time. And we're just sitting out there. We're just hanging out, man. Uh, God, can I? Who? Who are these people? Why do we have these fuckers in the ballpark? There is nobody more annoying than the guy, let's go, Padres. Dude, this fuck face about 10 seats to my left, screaming so loud. He had two little kids with him, and the woman in front of him was just miserable. Really? And I'm like, dude, do not have any fucking clue. That you're the biggest douchebag in this place? No, he didn't. Couldn't read None. the room. 
just a fucking cry for attention, right? Probably a big, <laughs> probably a big Woods and Vanilla fan. <laughs> Look at your starting. Um, but I, I just, I go out there and I go. Well, luckily we were far, we were away from yeah. that guy. But my sons and I were just sitting there and we were laughing our ass off because yeah, it sucked. They were getting rolled, but uh, like all of a sudden it's two nothing right. Lamette goes bad forearm again. Now it's four nothing. Home runs are being hit. All this shit. And my son's pretty mellow. He's like, "Well, this is gonna be a hell of a comeback." I go, "Yeah." And uh, my son Cade's like, "They're not coming back." Not <laughs> I love the. I, I really feel bad they weren't at the game when Tatis hit the three home runs. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. But we, Dave. The the cool thing is, and by the way, uh, podcast next week will be Tuesday night again. Because while you're sitting on the curb, kicking rocks with your friend Boltman, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be behind home plate with Jack Cade Good. and the mayor of Coronado, Pete and Point Lone. Nice. Yeah. Good deal. So uh, Pete was nice enough. Who they play? Uh, they're playing the Nationals. It'll okay. be John Lester against uh, Joe Musgrove. Oh, you already looked it up? Yep. Okay, nice. And uh, we're stoked. So Pete, I appreciate that. Good. Uh, sent me a message. He goes, hey, man, I got seats for you, Jack and Cade. Cool. And... Uh, but no, man, I tell you, Dave, we just went out and we had an absolute blast and it was great. Uh, I saw I saw a miserable Padre fan. You did? Yeah, because he hooked up Jack okay. for a blanket, met his wife, outstanding. And I'm walking back and uh guy goes, Jeff. I go, yeah. Hey, man, I'm Ron. I just wanted to say hello. I've listened to the show going back to the KFMB days. And oh, nice. Dave, I'm telling you, it was the coolest thing. I know how you feel on that. It's just anybody. I don't get that anymore. I get the it. double bird gun. Eat shit. Eat shit and just straight, fuck you, <laughs> right in front of my kid. It's Non-stop. from your kid. Not, not Dude, that stuff. picture he put up of Manny Machado giving you the fingers, the funniest <laughs> fucking thing I've seen. Well, that's funny. If you still hate Palais, <laughs> that's I fine. get it. I understand and I respect it. But please... <laughs> Uh, still say nice, uh, say hi to me. Yes. And by the way, I put it on social media. It's amazing how nice people are to me when they realize, holy fuck, he's put up with that asshole for 23 <laughs> years. And the first person to like it was the lovely and talented Nicole Ager. I know. What the fuck? Everyone who I hold dear to my heart has turned on me. Son of a bitch. Lisa what Anna? happened? Lisa Ann hasn't turned on me. I talked to her the other day, actually. I don't remember what the hell I was talking to her about. You can't. And you don't even know when you talk to her. What you do you mean? To, I'm just saying, if she's on the other end of the phone, you just kind of go, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Dude, you know what I listened to driving out there? I listened to, I was like, all right, it's, it's late, middle, middle of the desert, like nowhere. There's a stretch there after Yuma. We just yep. drive on a hundred mile straight road. Yeah, before and, Gila Bend. Yeah, and you're just thinking, I hope my car doesn't break down here because no right, one's I'm ever going to fucking find me. No one Ki- ever pulls coyotes over. Coyotes elite me. Yeah, I'm like, fuck this. And I'm like, all right. So I fucking look for porn chicks, you know, on, on podcasts. You know, I they told all- you that one in the valley. That uh, Oh, yeah. I, fuck, I couldn't remember the name. I should have called you. Yeah. So I, I click in and I'm like, first one I see is alphabetical order. Ava Adams, okay? Porn okay. chick, she's like in her late 30s. Okay. And first thing I'm listening for about two miles and she says, she's just reading questions off of Twitter. Are you a sports fan? Yes. 
I love the Houston Astros. I've always been an Astros fan. I live in Houston. I'm a season ticket holder. And if you're a Dodger fan, fuck you. <laughs> and I was like, gone. <laughs> Fucking she's out. Oh, fuck. Like right away. I was like, well, this was supposed to entertain me for an hour or two. No, she's gone. Just immediately really? just said, fuck you right away to everyone who's a Dodger fan. And then I flipped over to like two more. And I'm like, these girls are so motherfucking boring. Uh, Every girl was so boring. And I was like, I can't listen to this shit. I should have called you directly and said, what well, the hell was that one again? And my buddy is ready to kill me. My buddy Boom's ready to kill me because I haven't been listening. I think it's called, and I'm not saying this like uh, like my buddy Jeff King, when he said chic on Family Feud and then acted like he didn't know what he fucking just said. Look for, it's... I, it's either One Night in the Valley or Once Upon a Time in the Valley, but I've got the Hollywood, It Happened in the Valley, something. Okay. But it's, at that time, I was working at Warehouse Records. I think we talked about this the other day. And it's a whole deal when the Tracy Lord scandal went down. Now, Dave, at that time, when I'm working at the warehouse, I'm like 17. They were claiming, and... We had seen plenty of Tracy Lord's movies. Sorry, right, Katie Temple. Sorry that I wasn't in Merced hanging out playing miniature golf. Girls in Encinitas were a little quick, wink, wink. <laughs> and, uh, and so when that thing happened, we got, like, nothing happened at the warehouse, especially in Encinitas. We didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, it was a rough day if we ran out of Back to the Future. Nobody gave a shit. Is broadcast news back yet? Fuck off. Right? Fuck off. God. You that jacked up to watch Holly Hunter? <laughs> Fucking weirdo. And so uh, all of a sudden we get called in, like me and, and two of our other buddies. Griff was part of that. And uh, we're like, oh, fuck. Like, we're in trouble. And that's when the whole Tracy Lord scandal went down. And so we had to get all that shit out of there. Now we didn't have, we didn't have posters yeah. or anything like that. But goddamn, we literally we had to have had three hundred porns back there. And I gotta tell you, Dave, we found it within us to look at the back of every one of those and the front, and then double check the back and then the front. Nope, she's not in this one. Are you sure? Yeah, this one's Black Street Hookers. Check again. Got it. Got it. She's not in there. What about this one? Is she in that one? Little people need love too? I don't think so. Little dynamite? <laughs> dynamite. <laughs> so, yeah. So my buddy Boom, me, Boom, Griff, Cheech, we all work there. So Boom's like, we're in the middle of it. I mean, not in the middle of it, like working in San Fernando Valley, but... Working at a video store when that whole thing went down. So I haven't what heard What did you it, guys do when you found them? Do you were supposed to send them back to corporate? As Boom pointed out. Yes, we were supposed to get them all, tape them up, and basically send them with tracking, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking, yeah. Send everything. Who? DHL? What are we doing here? <laughs> Put it on the trailways, right? Dave, we had like 20 guys that, maybe not 20, but we had a handful of guys that got in and started buying them. Really? And we, like the people working, didn't really know the story of what had happened. Yeah. 
And so it was like contraband. But you look at that and you go, like, for us, we're 17. So if she was 16 or 18, whatever the fuck the deal was, I mean, she's still kind of, like, if you think about the circle in the bullseye, we're all right in that deal. Still crazy. But, um, dude, you had people in, like, their 50s coming in and buying that shit. Weird. So, yeah, it was a race. We had to go figure out, like, all kidding aside, we had to figure out um, what she was in, and then you're getting this printout of all these titles, and we're laughing our ass off. Because Warehouse was concerned that we would get shut down yeah, no for kidding. selling... Child porn. Yeah. So, Chris no, Hansen it was... Chris showing up. Huh? Chris Hansen showing up to your work. Yeah, hey, come here. <laughs> Take a seat. What's your name? Boom. Can I have a piece of pizza? Yeah, sure. What are you doing here? You drove all the way from Boston, five hours away, <laughs> for a God. piece of pizza? Hey, I told her we weren't going to do anything. What's in the car? You have lube in the car? Can I leave? Yeah, no problem. Go yeah. ahead. The door's right there. The 220 police officers standing right outside. And five German shepherds. <laughs> I just got to get back to the mall. I got to get back to Big Lots. Boy, I tell you, man, you watch those. Vi- can you watch those Chris Hansen videos on, on YouTube? YouTube? Yeah, you can. Jake used to die laughing, man. Every one of them. He goes, oh, my God, look at these guys. And right. I go, dude, this show was crazy when it used to be on TV. Sure. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing here? I just came for a swim. Let me take a look at some of these messages you wrote. That's when you're like, uh-oh, Chris has the phone. Yep. I bet you smell like olive oil. What do you mean by that? (laughs) You're just like, fuck. All right, Dave. Hold on real quick. You just brought something up made me think. I'm I'm, I'm watching in the hotel. I'm watching the day. It was like the life of Chris Farley. All right. Uh, and so, it, you know, Chris Farley always reminded me of Jake because Jake loved Chris Farley. Right. One, two is um, it, Jake and Chris Farley were, were kind of both big guys that were funny and do anything for a laugh. Right. And they were talking Tom Arnold's on there and 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 a bunch of other actors are talking about, hey, we knew he had an addiction to like alcohol and drugs. So we took him to an AA meeting. And he, everyone's saying this is going to be good for you, Chris. And so Chris is in the room and they're with him to support him. And the first guy's like, my name's Jim. I'm an alcoholic. And then it's now Chris Farley's turn. He goes, my name's Chris. And Jim over there is an alcoholic. (laughs) 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 He he wouldn't wouldn't want to play the game, you know? Yeah. He wouldn't do what he was supposed to start laughing like you just did out loud thinking, fucking Jake would have done the same goddamn thing. It cracked me up that he just, you know, it was one of those deals. So sad at 33 that he he ended up dying. Three. And you're sitting there and you're looking at the story, but everybody just knew, man. It was just a road wasn't it wasn't going to work for him. But when he dropped that line, it made me think. How many of my times son. have you laughed inappropriately, like in the wrong place? Dude, all the time. You, okay, I got to tell you something horrible that happened to me uh, the other day. Okay, right. you're going to laugh, but dude, it was awful. Um, I'm in a restaurant. I get up Arizona to, in Arizona. I get up right by not right by the Padres uh, complex in Peoria, okay. and. I go to use uh, go to use the restroom, and right when I pull the door open to the restroom, this guy about sixty years old falls flat first, face first, flat right on his face, dude. Fuck. And dude, he was a one hundred percent blind, Jeff. His oh, gla- no. his glasses, his walking stick, everything went flying, and he just ate shit right in front of me. And he goes, "What happened?" 
And I go, I think I pulled the door open at the exact time you were pushing it. He goes, I knew I found the door with my, <laughs> with my stick. And he goes, when I went to push it open, there was nothing there. And boom, he fell right into the ground, dude. Where's the part where I'm going to laugh? I thought you're gonna laugh, dude. And no. dude, it was so bad, dude. I had to pick up the guy's glasses and find a stick for him. Oh no, dude! I, I said, dude, I'm so sorry. And he's like, don't worry about it. I mean, dude, his face was fucked up. Ah, oh. uh, dude, it was it was, I, it was the worst thing I think I've ever done. The the blind guy just fucking ate shit right there because I happened to open the door at the exact same time he was trying to push it open. It's weird you say that because our pal Matt Coyle, yeah, just wrote a book, Blind Vigil, where the one of the characters is blind. And Matt did an insanely good job of writing. And it, I, I don't know anybody who's blind. Matt interviewed a lot of people. Dave, I think that shit happens a lot. Which oh, my God. I don't dude. think we're aware of, right? Because we just... I don't think I've ever seen a 100% blind guy before like that. With a stick and the glasses. Like I've, you've heard people say they have trouble yeah. seeing. That guy was 100% blind. Um, I, laughing inappropriately, I had to go to traffic court. Yeah. Had to go to traffic court, and this was during my motorcycle days, so long time ago. So I go up to Vista, and anybody who's been to traffic court, you know what they do is they start with uh, the Spanish speakers. So the interpreter can come up, you, you do everything right. It's all the same shit that we all have, roll of stop sign, red light, whatever the case may be. So I'm there, bored. They go through like 40 Spanish speakers, and I don't know if they still do this, but this is the way they used to do it. They, they call it like seven at a time. So, hey, Mr. Woods, you rolled through a red light. Uh, that's what you choose. Uh, you can pay $200, go to traffic school. I'll take traffic school. Next. Hey, Mr. Vanilla, uh, you rolled through a stop sign. You can go you know, traffic school, $200 fine. What would you like to do? Fine. Keep moving, right? All the way through. Mr. Costa, this whole shit. So they're doing this, just groups of seven, groups of seven, groups of seven. Finally, they get up to my group. And the guy, about four guys to my left, looks like Steven Adler. from Not Steven Adler from the heyday of Guns N' Roses. He looks like Steven Adler on Celebrity Rehab. Fucked up, Def Leppard t-shirt. <laughs> and uh, So I'm like, you know, what this fucking maniac do? He's about third in line, and like I said, I'm about a couple down from him. So you get to that guy, and they're like, Mr. Adler, you're charged with urinating in public. And dude, I just go, ha, <laughs> And the judge stops oh, and shit. looks at me. You okay over there? Oh, fuck. And I go, I think so. And the judge just keeps staring at me. What about now? I go, you're not helping. <laughs> Adler's to my left, all, you know, sack of shit that he is. Because he had to take a piss. And now he's got some fucking hippie three spots over laughing at him. Oh, God damn, man. I'm like, this is it, you know? He's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> right? I got to get back to fucking uh, wherever he worked, Bob's big boy, probably in Fallbrook. Uh, God damn, it was great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jesus. Uh, uh, I mentioned Matt Coyle. Yeah. I have read a ton of books. I called, I had to call Coyle on this, and I'm just going to tell all of you right now, you better get goddamn ready. This may be the time when you just take about a 10-minute break from the podcast. 
because none of you are going to like what I'm going to tell you coming up. So I had to call Coyle because I'm reading this book that I actually got. By the way, uh, belated Happy Father's Day to everybody. It, it, I got a book for Father's Day called Hard Cash Valley, and it was voted one of the top 10 crime thrillers of 2020. So I just got done reading a book that was really shitty. I didn't like it. It was just bad, too many cliches, and uh, it just sucked. So, of course, when that book was shitty, I complained the whole time to Coyle because I'm like, the author did this, the author did that. And so I said to him, hey, I think I've got a good one now, this Hard Cash Valley. So, Dave, the, the book opens up, and it's one of those things that we're all familiar with, especially if you love mob movies. It's a guy, and he's slimy and sleazy, and the scene starts in the airport, and he's getting a suitcase, and he's uncomfortable because the suitcase has uh, half a million dollars in it. And he's nervous, and he's getting into it with people in the airport, the whole deal. And now this guy finally has his cash, the half a million dollar guy, and he makes it to a little motel. And he gets checked into his room, and he's shaking because he's got half a million dollars under the bed, and he's excited. There's a knock at the door. He thinks it's hotel staff, and he goes and he answers it, and it is two members of the Filipino Mafia, two members that he knows. They come into the room, and they want the money. So now we're learning that the guy, the story's starting to develop as to how this guy potentially got the half a million dollars that he has in the room. And it's, a smaller guy, kind of the leader, and then the muscle, right? We've seen this before, different versions of this story, but it's written really well. So the slimy guy, the leader, well, let me say this. The leader of the mafia says to the slimy guy, where the fuck's my money? We want our money back. Where is it? The slimy guy trying to keep his hold on the briefcase, which is now hidden under the bed, said, hey, come on. Come on, Andy. I won that money. I got lucky. I was doing great. That's my money. And this is the line that I read in that book, Dave. I can't tell you how many books I've read. This is the line that haunted me where I stopped at lunch and I go, oh my God, what the fuck did I just read? To the point where I had to call Coyle. The guy wrote in the book, and I'm telling you all right now, take 15 seconds and fast forward if you don't want to hear it. It's the sickest line I've ever read in a book. The guy said, you didn't get lucky. He said, you know what lucky is? And the slimy guy says, no. He said, lucky is waking up on Saturday morning with no crabs after you fucked your mom the night before. Good God. And I read this line and I go, what the fuck did this guy, who thinks of that to write that? Who does? What the fuck's going on here? I go, we are as... Sick and twisted as a group. So I called Coyle, and Coyle's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, dude. And he goes, I said, now, the only thing that I would say is, if you're trying to develop a character, I said to Coyle, my takeaway, like it stopped me in my tracks. I go, what? And I said to Coyle, but immediately you know, this is a guy that I probably shouldn't be in this room with. Because this guy's going to be a bad guy. And you just go like, I don't know, you've been seeing today like the clips of the new Sopranos with Gandolfini yeah. Jr. 
and all that, right? And you go, <laughs> you go, dude, I, I started thinking about crazy things you've seen in the Sopranos yeah. or Casino or Goodfellas or anything. I go, I told Coyle, like, that, that goddamn line in the book screwed me up. I go, now, now it kind of screwed you up. And I feel a little better. And he didn't appreciate that. Dude, but, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what's nuts is you just brought up Sopranos. I'm listening to Darren do his crossover with Rich and um, Schaefer. And they're talking about that movie coming out, you know, coming out yeah. this summer. And all three of them are talking about how the guy that plays Tony Soprano looks just like him. Oh, boy. And I, I write they did to, not know. They didn't know. None of the three knew. I write to Darren. I go, dude, he looks just like him because that's his fucking real life kid. And he's like, Jesus. He, he says it on there. He doesn't say my name. I don't need him to say my name. I just laugh that none of the three realized that Michael Gandolfini. It's been a story for two yeah. years of that movie. Not to those three. If it's news, it's news to them, as you would say. Dude. So God, that's, that's, that's what went down. It's interesting that you brought up the whole mafia thing. A friend yeah. of mine, not going to say her name, um, used to be a neighbor of mine in Eastlake, lives in Arizona now. She found out two weeks ago that she's been in the witness protection program since she was a little kid. Had no idea. Oh her, her mom was Whitey Bulger's bookkeeper. Oof. How crazy is that? And, and had no fucking idea the entire time. Her mom passed away and just and realized this through her aunt that goes, "Your name used to be this. This was where you're from. Boom, oh, boom, shit. boom. And this is how things worked out. And and her mom was Whitey Bulger's bookkeeper. I have. Uh, I always have two books going, unless unless it's a Coil book. And I've told Coil this. The only time when I only have one book going is when I have Coil's book going. The other book that I got, and I got this for Christmas, goddamn, Dave, I just, another one, like Hard Cash Valley. Hard Cash Valley is pretty wild. Like I said, pretty wild line in it, but it's a really cool story um, about a guy that goes through a tragedy and kind of, um, you know, is is spiraling down and now is in kind of a race against these mafia guys to try yeah. to protect a kid. Pretty wild story. So I'll always have something like that going, but then to kind of offset it, I'll have a nonfiction going. It's uh, chasing Whitey. You mentioned Whitey Bulger. And it's the story of how the FBI, what it took these handful of FBI agents to finally track Whitey down in Santa Monica whatever that is, three blocks north of the Third Street Promenade, where he lived the whole deal. And they tell the story about what it took and finally uh, catching Whitey Bulger. Wow. Dude. Fuck, man. That guy. Like, we all saw the Nicholson character in Departed is kind of based on Whitey Bulger. I thought Johnny Depp was so good in Black Mass playing Bulger, and, like, he gets no credit for that role That's at all. That's a good, good call. Dude, he was insane in yeah. that, right? And, uh, like, you find out the whole thing, and then from the FBI trying to connect dots and America's Most Wanted and the frustration, whoo, shit. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't tell you enough right now about Hard Cash Valley because I'm only 60 pages into it. Um and I'll tell you that if the chasing Whitey pays off too, but fuck both of those. Yeah. That just hearing his name, even though yeah. he got the shit beat out of him and he's dead, right? There are just certain guys when you hear the name and you go, Oh, that kind of, 
Kind of makes your ears perk up a little bit. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Hey, I want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams, again, today as we do the show, it's Tuesday. So you know what that means. It's Bar Smart Two Minute Tuesday. You can check it out on YouTube. Again, understanding your cost of debt. Dan Williams is the guy to help you out right now. We're in such a strange time when it comes to finances. Make sure you know what you're doing. Look, you might think you know what you're doing. It's good to check in with Dan. This is what he specializes in. If you're one of those guys that's in debt, I guarantee I'm talking to somebody right now who is because so many of us are debt free is what you want to be. Dan can help you be debt free. He can also help you get into the rental market, find your first home. That'd be fantastic, especially when you look at what's going on in the home market. Dan Williams is your guy. You need to call him. It's the best call you can make right now when it comes to your finances. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. We are working with Dan right now. Yeah. Uh, refinancing the condo and happy to do it and getting it all taken care of plus dan's helping a really good friend of mine uh kind of work through some forbearance and a reverse mortgage and loan modification man i tell you dave there are so many different little challenges along that road you just cannot go it alone you need somebody there on your side that can help you and it was funny one of the two minute go back and watch those two minute tuesdays because he told you that a couple of weeks ago about um, having uh, identity protection, right? Today, 3.30, we're, we're in the middle of filling out docs, doing everything for the refi, and my phone just starts blowing up. It's Cap One, it's Chase, it's ID Shield. Hey, somebody's running your credit. Your credit's running, the whole thing. So I text Dan, I go, you run my credit? He goes, dude, literally within five minutes ago, we ran it. And I go, cool thankfully that came back but um just as we're going through it a refinance dan is there and his team to answer all of our questions make it as easy as they can for us and they'll do the same for you 858-688-6813 brian curry is the person you want to talk to when it comes to selling your home or buying a new home i was just talking to someone two hours ago about how great brian curry is Again, I was in the market a couple of years ago. We were looking to, to sell and figuring out where we we're going to go. And Brian showed us a bunch of properties. And there were about five or six that we were ready to pick up. And at the same time, Brian, who, who would have been fine financially making the deal, is yeah. the one that talked us out of them because he saw things we didn't see. I mean, simple stuff like don't buy a home on, on a two-lane highway, a two-lane two uh, oh, painted right. road. He goes, that means you have high traffic. You know, he was pointing out water damage, stuff that I didn't see that happened in that house previously, stuff to stay away from. Brian is great. He, he's your eyes and ears of someone who's a professional, sees stuff that you don't see, and as bad as you think you want something, he'll tell you what's wrong with the property and why a property is right. At the same time, he'll get the most for your home. As so many of you know, this is a great time to sell your house. Jeff and I have a very good friend who is in the process, who is selling their house right now. But you know what? They've done it, and they haven't thought where they're moving next. And now they're freaking out. And you're hearing yeah. about all the stuff that they have to put into storage and they don't know where they're going. And, and I'm like, that is so nerve wracking, especially if you have a big family with kids and their stuff. And, and yep. what do you do? Brian's the guy to walk you through this whole process because again, this is a very unusual time, as you know, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. Well, and different things can happen on the other side, whether you're selling right all of a sudden the buyer comes in and all, and you feel like you have a deal and then they start making uh, last second demands, hey, we need that carpet change. We want the island out of the kitchen. We want to get rid of the box window. And you're like, what? Or it's the uh, person who is trying to buy your house and 
or you're trying to buy, and then they start changing. Well, we're going to need more money. Different things can happen. So you need the right person on your side, and that's who Brian is. Brian's the guy who's seen it all, who has done it all. And most importantly, you know, Dave, I, I, we say this, and I don't think it can be emphasized enough. One of my favorite things about Brian is not only is he retired military and we talk about the helicopter, everything else, he's probably one of the most low-key guys you're going to meet. And you go, great, what does that mean? I'll tell you exactly what it means. It's an insanely emotional time. Yes. It's an insanely stressful time when you're trying to buy a house. And when the guy who's in your corner and on your team is consistent and calm and there to answer questions and doesn't get emotional, you are going to do so much better in the end. And it's one of our, I would say you and I would both agree on that, Dave. One of our favorite things about him, not only that he's a football dad, we couldn't be more thrilled for Dylan getting ready to start and crush it up there at Poway. But for right now, for the housing market, yeah, nobody better than BC. Absolutely. For that perfect pool right now, as you know, it is extremely warm. Tailor-made pools. Look, hopefully you haven't waited too long to call Alan Taylor. Again, we told it, get on his schedule as soon as you can, because right now, things have never been busier. 619-449-4452. Turn your backyard into a staycation with that perfect pool. 619-449-4452. A couple of weeks ago, up at a friend's house, in I was saying in Oceanside, Gorgeous pool in the backyard. And right now, gas prices going back up on Thursday. Going to be crazy. Cost of living. I mentioned it. Even going to Padre games, it's getting expensive. So you go, well, man, do we still want to go out? Friends are going to concerts, right? Things are starting to bounce back. Or a lot of people are just like, you know what? I thought I was going to hate what 2020 brought, and I actually loved it. And I don't mind staying home. I can grill. I can do everything. But I need to figure out a plan for that backyard. It's simple. Go to our website, DaveAndJeffShow.com. Check, a, uh, Take a look right there on the sponsor page. You can see what Brian's doing. You can see what Dan's doing. And then you can take a look at all the people ahead of you that made that decision to call TaylorMade Pools. Decision I know they don't regret. It's a decision you won't regret. Call TaylorMade Pools. Tell them Dave and Jeff sent you. Also, finally, don't forget about that website. If you're in the market for a brand new website or fixing the one that you have, the idea is to obviously bring traffic and also make some money. Kyle Fluger is your guy. If you're looking for Kyle, he's the one with the Band-Aids after the Dodgers kicked the Cubs' asses. <laughs> Kyle's number, 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. I like when he told you to read between the lines. <laughs> that asshole. Uh, Man, we're seeing it more and more, Dave. Websites have to be at a premium. They have to show you everything you need immediately, whether it's ordering dinner, whether it's ordering uh, birthday gifts, whether it's just being a website, all those kind of things that your consumer's looking for. Nobody does it better than Kyle. Call him, tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going to go June 30th is the day because the only one that is today is Kawhi Leonard. who's his 30th birthday. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going to start with one of your favorites. We're going Mike Tyson. Uh, Actually, I know this one. Do you really? Because Mike Tyson is exactly a day older than my friend Boom. Okay. And my friend Boom is not anywhere near the build of Mike Tyson. (laughs) Uh, I believe Mike Tyson today is 55. Exactly right. Not today. It will be June 30th. Or, or but June yes. 30th. Yeah. Okay. How much was Mike Tyson worth at one point and what's he worth now? Boy, did you watch that documentary? Did no, I did Did you I watch didn't. that thing? It took me a while to watch it. Boy, it was really good. 
Um, I think at one point, Mike probably had to be close to four hundred million. Six hundred eighty-five million. And I would think now it's probably about eight million. Three million. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's not dying at three million, but no. six hundred eighty-five million. All right, Man. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is interesting. Um, let's say twenty-nine. Thirty-six. Really? Yep. Holy shit. Uh, I'll say $10 million. $80 million. No kidding. Wow, yeah, good 80, for him. $80 million. All right, here's one for you. I don't know if you know it or not, but I know you listen to a little bit of country music. Cole Swindell. Do you know Cole Swindell? I do, yeah, okay. because when uh, when Cheech passed away, a lot of people said he had a song, uh, as much as I mess with that dipshit right there, Luke Bryan, uh, that Chris Stapleton song that he does, that Drink of Beer is so great. Um and there was a, like I said, hey, I like this song. It reminds me of Cheech. And then I had 50 people. Have you heard this Cole Swindell? I didn't know I needed to. <laughs> I think I just said. Um, so he had a song. So I know the name, but gosh, Dave, I don't know that I'd be able to pick him out of a lineup. I'll say he's 40. He's close, 38 years old. And I'll say uh, 30 million. $3 million. He's new. Actually, Cole Swindell, I, I looked this up because I wasn't sure. And, and I know he, he is also, but he's. The guy wears his initials on his baseball hat all the time. The CS always Any on his head. In relation to Greg Swindell? That's what I was. It's funny. It sounds like a baseball name. Yeah. Cole Swindell, believe it or not, got his start because he went to the same college years after and fraternity as Luke Bryan, who you just pointed to on the TV. Wow. And Luke Bryan told him, why don't you come to Nashville? And he sold Luke Bryan t-shirts while Luke Bryan was singing and helped him get into the business. That's pretty cool. That's kind of crazy that you just pointed out Luke Bryan was on the television at the same time in the connection. What's buddy? What? Woods loves that guy. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. That son of a bitch. All right, here we go. We got some random questions for you. I think it's okay. only four random questions. This one I stole from Diana Ruzzini from ESPN. I heard it the okay. other day, and I thought it was interesting. What movie has the best beginning? Oh. Oh, I like that. There are two that popped in my mind right away, and I was just curious to know what pops in your mind. The movie just grabbed you right from the very beginning. Oh, that's really good. I had to think about that. Shit, Dave, that is really good. I like that. Um, oh, I would say Jaws. Okay. Jaws is pretty wild, right? Because that's when the chick's out swimming and the music kicks in for the first time. Um, I would say that. And then... Uh, I got to think of, I don't know, what do you got? The first two that jumped in my mind were Saving Private Ryan and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Unfortunately, not Rocky fighting Spider Rico. But right. It was uh, those two, where Saving Private Ryan was the first 20 minutes, like, oh, my God. And yeah. then Raiders of the Lost Ark are pretty damn good. Yeah. That's really good. Like, as many movies as I've seen, um, yeah. That's pretty good. I think I think it's the fourth Mission Impossible. Maybe Ghost Protocol is four. Like, those movies I really dig. The one after Dubai. The Dubai one where he does that stunt on the side of the building is one of my favorite and movies. And you always talk about it. it. It's insanely cool. But I think it's the following movie where he does the scene on the outside of the plane. And that's pretty quick to the... That's pretty close to right out of the gate. And he's on, like, the side of this huge cargo plane. And you go, that overall movie wasn't as as good as some of the others. But um, 
But that was pretty good. I was trying to think, like, was the there The second some... Batman move with Heath Ledger is pretty damn good at okay. the beginning, too. My son Cade told me, I've never seen it. My son Cade told me, he goes, look, I know you're a Marvel guy, which I had never been until they were born when I dig him. He goes, Dad, I'm telling you, you got to watch Dark Knight. He yeah, goes, it, it's, it's awesome. really, really great. And he goes, he goes, I'm telling you, you would like that. You're going to sit there and go, Heath Ledger is unbelievable. Yeah, who's Batman in that one? It's uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I like him. Yeah. Um, was the start? Of, what was that? The start of Top Gun. Start of Top Gun is just kind. Of, eh, there's. I think uh, Top Gun's overrated as fuck, dude. I know a lot of people love it, man. I'm not a Top Gun fan at all. It's. I mean, it was. You know, it. No, Footloose is the most overrated movie. <laughs> That's that a horrible should, movie, dude. Shit. That movie's shit. The idea is stupid. Yeah. Like if someone walked in your office and go, "I got an idea for a movie." There's a town in Missouri, and they won't let you dance. And we're going to bring John Lithgow in, because he's going to be the badass. Who? <laughs> Did when you just said a second ago about the book, where you yeah. read that line, you're like, what the fuck? And I was thinking about Missouri, the yeah. god dang um, Patrick Swayze movie, a Roadhouse. Yeah. Where he's fighting the, the toughest guy. Yeah, and, with the mullet. Yeah, and he's fighting that guy by the lake. Yeah. And right when you're like, man, shit, this is a good fight. That guy drops that line on Patrick Swayze where he goes, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Yeah. And you're like, you son of a bitch. I thought we were fighting to the death. But if you're going to fuck me next to this, like, yeah, now we're didn't... fighting for something completely yeah. different. Like, yeah. what the hell? Why did they throw that line in the movie? I don't know. And I, listen, <laughs> you talked about a blind guy earlier. Hasn't Jeff Healy been through enough? We got to throw yeah. fucking beer bottles at him through the chicken wire? Dude, no shit. That's worse than hitting the guy that's with golf balls who's picking up golf balls on that course. Yes. Yeah, in the driving range. We all aim for that fucker. Oh, yeah. I've done it a lot of times. <laughs> I saw, dude, I went and played top golf the other night in Arizona. Yeah. That fucking guy driving that damn thing picking up golf balls was literally wearing a goalie mask. He got it. <laughs> I'm not going to tell Jason Finley how to do his job. Because I love him. Jason's great. The guys at Callaway are great. Oh but I tell you what, if you put into your marketing, this will improve your chances to drill the fuck face at the driving range by 60% by just swinging this hybrid, whether you, you use a it. team. I'd be it. like, fuck, I want that club. I need this club in my bag. <laughs> right? Like, uh, Dude, like, Nichols marketing <laughs> like Nicholson in... Uh, in a few good men, yeah. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. I, you want me in your bag. Fuck yeah. I can't hit for shit, but so what? I'm gonna ping that asshole. Bang. Yay for me. Yeah. Fuck. How'd you shoot? Uh, about a hundred and seventy-one. What? What was par? Seventy-one. What the fuck? Hey, fuck you. You know what I did? No. I used that brand new Callaway hybrid. Okay. Oh, the one guaranteed. You're fucking right. <laughs> Blew out the headlight. And I got a couple stuck in the rake. Fuck me. I'll never question your game again. You're a regular Bryson DeChambeau of the range. <laughs> Get it together, Finley. That's a free one. All right, here we go. I heard this randomly. It made me think of it, so I'm going to ask you. Okay. What's the worst moment in sports history in San Diego? I'll tell you the one that oh. was brought up, and I was like, dude, they're 100% right. Um, let me think about this. I feel like I've lived through plenty of them. This was a show in Las Vegas where I heard this. 
They weren't talking about. Were they talking about worst moments in Vegas? No, they were talking about worst moments in sports, but they mentioned one in San Diego. And I was like, oh my God, they're fucking right. Uh, I mean, are we counting Roseanne? That, that's right there. That counts. Yeah, Roseanne, Roseanne was bad. That's a good one. That's um, a good. This one's kind of right in that alley. It has nothing to do with a ball or a puck. Uh, look, man, for me personally, the day the Clips left gutted me. Yeah. And the idea that so many of you are now like, yay for Kawhi, it's unbelievable. You no, know, fuck you guys. That's a great point. You, all these guys who are Clipper fans, but you're hypocrites because you hate the Chargers. Pete and Point Loma. Yeah. Fuck you, Pete. Showing me every page of that program. Did you see Billy write him today? Did he say, stop being a hoarder? What do you say? <laughs> Billy said, I have the feeling we're going to see every page of the program. <laughs> dude, he was absolutely right. I was like, dude, calm down. That bit was so great. Um, and then and then Pete's ripping the, go- and then Pete's ripping the goaltender of the loyal who had powder blue on. And Pete said the guy did it 100% to mock him. And he was sick of it. <laughs> Um, all right. I got to think about, I mean, look, we were there when the Yankees win in 98 was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. I'm sorry, Dave, as much as we knew it was coming and everything else, I think that day when they were showing everybody just throwing eggs and burning jerseys in front of Charger Park. Yeah. And really when reality started to set in. Even for those of us that felt like it was coming, we knew it was coming to see all that and know how all the good people that worked in that building were going to be impacted, the Scott Yaffe's and others that that didn't really deserve it, ultimately Josh Lewin. Uh, that, to me, I would say is number one. That's the worst day, dude. We lost the NFL. We lost our identity. We lost our stadium. We lost everything. You know what they said was the worst moment in sports history and the what? one they came from San Diego? What's that? The security guard standing in the end zone jerking off to the cheerleaders. My God, that kid was, <laughs> boy, he was vigorous. He was vigorous. Fucking hey. <laughs> that kid was pounding the dumb guy like it was nobody's business. Like, that kid needs to get some medicine. He was on a donk attack. <laughs> right, Katie? <laughs> right, Katie. He popped the end of that thing off like a champagne cork. My God. Dude. <laughs> when they, I'm like, I'm in the middle of the desert going, okay, worst moment in all sports history. I was shocked when they said, remember that kid in San Diego? Fucking jerking off to the cheerleaders in front of 70,000 people. That was terrible. And I'm like, yeah. Jesus. I think that should be a reminder to all of us who are parents. Were there days when you're like, my God, son, I didn't think you could get any dumber. We just need to stop and go, you know what? I take that back. I take that back. Your kid would be, why? And you'd be like, because you know what? As much of a fucking dipshit as you can be, you were not the guy in that red jacket just absolutely putting the fire out. My God. You're pulling that thing like it's a fucking lawnmower. Hing, 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 hing. Ah, that poor kid's parents telling all their family and friends, dude, he gets to stand right on the field and, so and watch the Charger games. We're so proud of him. And they, t- they said he's a, a natural leader. And anytime... <laughs> he's rubbing elbows. Well, no, he's not. Rubbing something. Ah, damn it, Timmy. 
Now we got to move. Oh, my God, dude. You got to move. Who had it worse? Bartman or that kid's family? Uh, Bartman, because Bartman just sat there with his headphones on like a typical Cubs fan dipshit. Doesn't know when it's time to go. This kid had a little bit of, I mean, this kid had a little swagger to him. <laughs> a lot to him. A lot. Where'd that guy end up? Working at a sperm bank. I have no fucking idea. What do you think he does? Runs a board on a local radio sports station. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, I don't know if any of you've noticed, but on Twitter, all of a sudden, you'll see random shit that pops up, and it's like, uh, you're like, what the fuck is this, right? Uh, Bob Smith, like this, and you're like, all right, well, thanks. I don't know that I give a shit. But then you got a buddy or two that just likes every chick that's got, like, size 66 double G rack, and we have a friend... My God, that's about it's about four a day, and I just screenshot them and send it to Dave. My favorite part of my day. I send it to Dave, to Costa, and to Steve. He has no idea that we know, right? No, he has no idea. And it's always some girl that just has this crazy tan, yeah, and just this huge rack. Yeah, you get through a football between her teeth, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, and she's like, ah. Oh. I'm just laying out right now, and I'm thinking about sex and bacon. You're like, what? And then there's this random guy that we all know. That's a perfect morning. I wish I was there. Screenshot (laughs) off to the guys. I don't even, I used to add commentary. Now I just send them. They tell their own story. Dude, it's so motherfucking funny. But you look on your phone, and if you're at like Starbucks or something, you're just scrolling through, seeing if there's like any Dennis Lynn updates. And here comes this chick with this huge rack. The lady next to you is like, hey, rein it in, Larry Flint. Not me. <laughs> this guy likes it. That's not my name. Whatever. <laughs> Put your mask back on. Fuck. All right. What is the best moment in San Diego sports history? Uh, oh. David's Tommy Nettles. <laughs> Something with Tommy Nettles. It's always. always fucking Tommy Nettles. Uh, I mean, it's just so it's it's got to be Garvey's home run, dude. That's what I said too. The Garvey home run. The reason I also do you think Bavak was like, dude, I hit a fucking yeah. home run in the World Series, yeah. the <laughs> only World Series game we ever won. Yeah, and you fucking guys ignore it. We've won National League Championship Series games. Sorry, Garve, we've won one World Series game, and I hit a home run. Why doesn't everybody give me credit? It's the Garvey home run because people who have no connection to San Diego have said to us. Hey, look, I've been to a ton of events, Super Bowls, World Series, big things yeah. all over the country, and I've never heard a stadium the way Jack Murphy was that night when Garvey hit that home run. Uh, so, I didn't even tell you this. Saturday night, I go to the Padre game. Yeah. Who's in front of me? Directly in the seat in front of me, but Coco. No way. He's dying. Our old friend, Richard. And uh, we're talking, and he said, man, were you here for any of the Reds games? And I said, I did not. I was here for opening day. Saturday night was my second time back. He goes, dude, I'm telling you, I have not heard the stadium, any stadium that loud since 98. Wow. 98 was pretty electric. Yeah. 98 was pretty electric. I'll also say this. Listen, we, I got to be really, really careful because it sounds like 
you're looking a gift horse in the mouth. Dave Musgrove coming home yeah. and throwing the first no-hitter, pretty insane, right? Yeah, it pretty is. Pretty insane. Not so great that every team seems to throw a no-hitter this year, but yes. Dude, I think uh, I think the Pirates got no-hit again tonight. Holy shit. The, the kid from the Rockies had one through seven and a third. Wow. Um, I don't know if, they, if he completed it, but again... Coming here from Grossmont High and yes. throwing the first one, right? When, I mean, San Diego tattoo on his shoulder and just as cool a guy as it gets. Uh, dude, that's got to be, right? That's got to be right up there. I, I feel like that one gets kind of lost in the shuffle. That's really, really good. We've waited so long. San Diego's waited so long for that to happen. That was a yeah. big deal. That was a big deal. He did not throw a no-hitter. Pirates got one hit. Damn, Okay. Because listening to Agler, he had one through like seven and two-thirds. So, uh, hey, we're back tomorrow oh, night, right? I wasn't done with the questions, but that's oh, all right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. All right. I got two more for you real quick. One that's of fine. them, actually, I really do care about the answer. All right. Uh, it won't be this one. This one question is, what's the furthest you've ever driven? Uh, I Well, drove out here from Minneapolis. Okay. How far is that? Do you know? No, I don't know. We did a family trip where we drove... Uh, to New Orleans, from Minneapolis to New Orleans, but I would think Minneapolis to San Diego. Okay, it's the longest. It's a long drive, and that is a grind, and especially if you've got family and the whole thing. Uh, yeah, that's the longest one. How about you? Nashville. Now, yeah. I've done it twice, and Josh is about to do it in a couple of weeks. You know, uh, I'm not going with him. Uh, Rita and Josh are going to do it. They're going to make. How the much drive. time are they going? How many days? They're going to go. Uh, they're going to stop in El Paso. I'm going to okay. stop in Dallas and then to Nashville. So it's a 29-hour wow. drive. How long from here says. to El Paso? Fuck if I know. I didn't even look at it. They have it all figured out. What hotels And then Rita staying. flies home, right? And then Rita flies. Yeah. Rita's going to come back she rents a car and drives home. Just drives. Um, no, she's absolutely she's going to fly home. But yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just curious to know, furthest you've ever driven. How long uh, did that take, though? That had to take. For, for me, it took guys? two and a half days. For, when I was a kid, it took us five because we stopped and looked at shit like the Grand Canyon. And stopped in Memphis strings. and shit like that. Yeah. I was six years old. I just wanted to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question, though. This is the one This is one I do want to know. Who do you have won in the Stanley Cup? Man, listen. Tampa, there is a ton of controversy because Tampa found a way to work a loophole in the salary cap. And they're technically about nine or ten million over the salary cap because they had guys that didn't play during the year that didn't go against them on the cap, and now all of a sudden these guys get healthy. Oh, shit. And they're good to go. I have been insanely excited for Montreal because the Montreal Canadiens have not won the Stanley Cup since 93, one yeah. of the most storied franchises in NHL history. If you watched that game last night, it ended up being a 5-1 to one win for Tampa. But what I loved about it, Dave, was that game looked like old-school hockey. That was old-time hockey, Man, there were more scrums. Uh, Gallagher gets busted open. That Tampa team is so good and so loaded. Um, boy, they may roll this thing and just win it in five. But I, but it's a huge credit to the Islanders who played so well and ultimately lost Game Seven, one to nothing to Tampa. But Montreal has been on fire. Montreal looked great beating Toronto. Most recently beating Vegas, Montreal had been really, really good. But ultimately, I think it's Tampa. I'll take Tampa in. I'm going to take Tampa in five. Tampa in five. Wow. Yeah, I wow. just think 
unbelievable run, but boy, they they sure kind of established themselves. Now, listen, Luke Richardson, longtime NHL tough guy, has the Habs playing a different kind of hockey than we've seen them playing a lot, but that Tampa team is absolutely loaded. Boy, they are good, and it's a good time for hockey. A couple of different things coming up that you should pay attention to. Um, with July 1st coming up, July 18th is the expansion draft. And the Seattle Kraken are coming into the league. That is really, really fun. The other thing that's going to happen at the end of this year. It's a Kraken, isn't it? Uh, it should be the Kraken because the Kraken's the <laughs> best bar. You. I'm just teasing you. But uh, also, at the end of this year, it's no more games on USA Network or CNBC or NBC Sports Network, which amazingly is going off the air. They're getting rid of NBC Sports Network altogether. Um, the games are going back to ESPN, ESPN2, and TBS and TNT, like the NBA has done. And I think it's going to be great. So it starts on the 18th with the expansion draft, and then uh, a couple nights later, the 23rd, is the uh, NHL actual rookie draft. Not the strongest class, but some good guys. Kings have the eighth pick. The Ducks have the third pick. And so, uh, yeah, pretty fun. But uh, once the NHL is back where you're watching games, Dave, like you you grew accustomed to um, on TNT, on TBS, same, same kind of viewing habits that you have for the NBA, will now come back to the NHL. Uh, it should be really, really good. And good. a lot of good young talent in Southern California, so we'll keep you up to date on that as good well. Good deal. We'll be back tomorrow night. Look, our second show this week will be tomorrow, yep. correct? See you then. Okay.
you better watch out for that sneaky back screen door. I laugh so hard I can't.